0: pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for Kathy, thank you for Mark, their children, uh, for their belief in what you're doing here, for their leadership. Uh, thank you for her leadership uh, in mission, uh, the passion to go. And I pray that that would continue as she, uh, she galvanizes and, and raises more support and, and other leaders uh, to go. Thank you for her heart. Thank you for leadership in this community as a physician. And uh, continue just to bless her and guide her. And help her discern where it is you're calling her, her family, and her service. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. So stay there in, uh, in Mark 6. Um, a couple questions before we get going. Uh, first, have you ever said, I know I have, but you might not have. you ever said, um, you know, it's a miracle. That's a, that's a miracle uh, that happened. might said that? You said that? Okay. Uh, you ever said, um, Man, I, I need a miracle? Anybody ever said that? Anybody like the song, All I Need Is a Miracle? I know y'all are probably like troubled that I know that. So um, it is troubling. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I say that because um, so much, honestly, of our lexicon, of our language, uh, has to do with miracles, uh, songs, TV shows. Um, what, what we see, you know, like that—that that was a miracle. But we really, you know, we can't describe it. We don't. Sometimes we don't know what we're talking. About. We just throw it out there. You know, that was a miracle. And a lot of times we say, you know, I, I need a miracle. I need a miracle with this job. I need a miracle with this relationship. I need a miracle with this marriage. Uh, I need a miracle in my life. And often we don't really know what we need. We just—we need God to move and, and God to work and. You know, sometimes, honestly, we may not even necessarily believe it's possible. We'll just throw that out there and say, you know, we need a miracle. Now, this season, actually, it's the Lent season. Some of y'all celebrate, and we go through Lent together leading to Easter. We're talking about who is Jesus, and we're going through the Gospel of Mark to. Uh, really look at Jesus. I mean, I, I know, you know, like I say, Sunday school answers: King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Son of God, die on the cross. Right? Many of us know that. I mean, it's like in, embedded in us. But we're going through Mark to really see aspects of the life of Jesus, to hopefully help you and help us together see, you know, who who is Jesus, what is he about. And today we want to highlight that Jesus is about miracles. He's about miracles. And my question to you over and over again is, do you really believe that? The Sunday school answer would be yes. But seriously, do we really believe it? The conceptual answer is yes. The thing we've been taught is yes. But in our hearts, do we believe he's about miracles then, now? Do we? Um, This passage, we wanted to highlight three different sets of miracles. Uh, One is the feeding of the 5,000. The other one is Jesus walking on water in the midst of the storm, and then he heals. He heals many people just in these couple verses. They, they lay the sick just to touch his cloak, and they're healed. Now, uh, two weeks ago, we actually focused on healing, so we're not going to really focus on that aspect today. We talked about Jesus about healing physically, emotionally, psychologically, so you can check that out, listen to it if you want, but we want to still talk about miracles, and they are healing physically, but they're also, they're feeding, they're over creation. I mean, Jesus, Jesus is walking on the water, and it's like Mark is saying, man, Jesus is is Lord over all creation. Jesus is, he can walk on water, the winds and the sea obey him. This is Jesus, Now, again, we know this conceptually, but, but really like, think about it, like, Jesus is walking on water, you know. I read a, a psalm, Psalm 8 this morning, in my own quiet time. And it was talking about, the psalm says, uh, says that, you know, man, you know what is, what is man that you made him a little bit less than the angels? And you gave him lordship over creation. And I think about that with Jesus. He's walking on the water. And that we've been endowed with God to rule over creation. Now that doesn't mean we walk on water, but like to rule over creation. But what happens is... The stain that we talked about earlier is that creation rules over us. Creation created things, created people. They become our lords. And that's where sin comes out. When we're called to to rule over creation, to our only Lord is God, that the Lord of creation, Jesus Christ, would be the center of our focus. But we get messed up, and, you know, that happens. So, So what is a miracle? Like, what... Like, how, how we define a miracle? You know, one thing I would say, a miracle is restoring. It's restoration. What I'm talking about is restoring things to what should, should been, and what they will be. As in, like, our bodies, when they're healed. Our bodies were meant to be whole. Our, body, our bodies were meant to be healthy. But sin came in the world, and that brought in disease and sickness and things like cancer. Jesus heals. He restores bodies. He restores creation. People are hungry. He feeds them. There's a storm. He calms a storm. Miracles are restoring things to the way they should be and the way they will be. I say, what do you mean by will be? Well, when Jesus comes again, the new heaven, the new earth. So when you see a miracle, and the miracle, look, it can be relational, in a relationship. It can be in your heart. That's the greatest miracle of all, a changed life and a changed heart. It can be a state of mind. I mean, it doesn't have to be like physically, but it certainly can be. But a miracle is restoring things as they should have been, as they will be. Hebrews 1.3, it should be up on screen. Hebrews 1.3 says, He, Jesus, sustains everything by the mighty power of His, well, His Word. There's a little layer there. It's okay. By the mighty power of his word. Another translation says he upholds, Hebrews 1, 3 says, he upholds the universe by the power of his word. Think about that. Jesus upholds the universe by the power of his word. Wait, think about that again. He upholds the entire universe by the power of his word. You know, there's talk and maybe fear of like, you know, meteors, coming into the earth, and I don't know if y'all have read any about that. Jesus upholds the universe. It's pretty heavy, pretty legit, pretty biblical. That was a scripture, Hebrews 1.3. Check it out. So I use that. When we talk about miracles, do you believe that? Do you believe he upholds the universe? So therefore, if he upholds the universe, anything he wants done will be done. Anything he wants to do will happen. Do you believe that? There's this concept called uh, providence. Providence. Um, It's not just a city in Rhode Island. Providence. uh, We're talking cities today. Bethsaida, providence. Providence is a a belief that God... uh, There are many definitions, but one I would say is that God controls, sustains, upholds, and preserves everything... And I believe that. Let me say that again. So this is just, this is not a formal definition. It's is J.H.T.'s definition. Providence. That God, our Heavenly Father, upholds, sustains, preserves, controls everything that happens. A lot of folks have problems and issues with providence because we see evil in the world. So we're like, well, how is God providential? And then we get into the whole where well, there's evil and there's man and woman acting evil. But I believe in providence because I believe there's a sovereign God. I believe there's a providential God. I believe that what God wants to happen will happen. And I want to ask you, do you really believe this? And some of you say, yes, I believe it. I believe God is so great. I believe Hebrews 1.3. He upholds the universe by the power of his word. I believe he, he controls and sustains and does whatever he wants. He is providential. He is sovereign. I believe. It. I really hope you do. But the thing is, I don't think many of us really believe that. And it's not the whole issue of evil. That's for another day. I don't think a lot of us believe in the providence of God. Why? Well, look, I have, I have struggles with it, and I think you do. And it's probably the same reasons. One, because we live in a world and a culture and society that lifts individual freedom to the, just the nth degree. You know, you're free to do what you want. I'm free to be who I want to be. I'm free to marry whom I want. I'm free to make this statement. I'm free to say whatever I want. I mean, look, I believe in, like, Declaration of Independence and all this, but, you know, it's kind of like taking it pretty, pretty heavy here and high. Individual freedom. It's basically putting ourselves on the throne and saying we're God. And what that leads to, the reason I don't think a lot of us really believe in providence the second thing, we trust. We trust in our relationships and resources more than we do, God. We do. We do. Look, hey, man, I, I struggle with that, but just let's be honest here. We do. You're like, no, 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 I, I don't. Then, then why aren't we on our knees and, like, praying 24-7 of the day? Because if God upholds everything and controls everything, and if it's his deal and he does what he wants, then when to be focused on him... More than how to like manipulate relationships and resources. It's it's a struggle. And you know, this was highlighted really by by our property deal, getting this space. You can't believe how many people have asked. And actually, the same thing happened when we moved to JA. All everybody wanted to ask was, Well, like, how'd that happen? You know, what was the angle? Who was the relationship? Who was the connection? And Come on, man, we're in the South, like it's who you know. Well, it's in the world, but you know, it's the good old boy, let's politic around. Who'd you know to get that deal done? How'd you get that deal? Certainly wasn't God. Maybe it was. Shocker, you know, like shocker that God like actually works, like shocker like you actually sit still and pray and God moves and opens doors and moves other people's minds and hearts on your behalf. You believe that? I do. It's called providence. And changes relationships and heals hearts. That's providence. That's why prayer is so important. And it is. Listen, it's a struggle. It's, Man, I'm admitting to y'all, it's a struggle for me because we trust more in our resources and relationships than our Heavenly Father. But it's our Heavenly Father who works miracles. It's our Heavenly Father who does things that we can't do on our own. And may we, may we look to him. And may we ask for miracles. And he may grant them. Or he may not. But he will work. What's a miracle? A miracle is, uh, I talked about it being a, a restoration. But, you know, easily we think about a miracle as something happens. But the thing about Jesus and the thing about these passages, see, Jesus didn't, like, do something totally new here. He didn't, like, you know, create something out of nothing. Jesus, again, restored what was already there? Jesus made something right that was wrong. He fed the 5,000. He walked on the water. He healed. So, you know, what again? What is a miracle? There is a, uh, there's a definition that I like a lot. And I know some of y'all brothers who like this cat will dig it too. It's a guy named Wayne Grudem. He's got a definition for a miracle. It should be up on screen too. Definition of a miracle. Um... We're holding out. But anyway, I'll read it. A miracle is a less common kind of God's authority in which he arouses people's awe and wonder and bears witness to himself. There it is up there. Say it again. A less common kind of God's authority in which he arouses people awe and wonder and bears witness to himself. I really like that definition because first off it says it's less common... So it's not like as common as you might think. But at the same time, it arouses people's awe and wonder, and it bears witness to God. A miracle is, is us saying, man, I don't know how that happened. God did it. I don't know what exactly happened there, but, but that's glory be to God. Less common, all bears witness to God. Now, the only thing I kind of struggle with with that definition is, not, is the word less common. Because what I believe and what I'm going to state here is that I think they're more common than we think. I think they're very common. I think they happen in ordinary people, in ordinary lives, in ordinary circumstances. See, there's this debate about miracles. The one side, and it's the same with healing, as we talked two weeks ago. The one side says, hey, miracles have ceased with God's Word being written, that's the greatest miracle of all. So, you know, the supernatural stuff, the miracle's done. It's, it's over. We don't see that anymore. The other side says, no, they continue. Everything that happens in God's Word, everything that happens here, can happen now. Everything that happens, miracles, whether it's feeding, healing, they can, they can happen. Now, like I said, I lean continuing Uh, I'm I'm charismatic with a seatbelt. I say that over and over again, not like full throttle all the way. But I I believe that they continue. But I also believe that, you know, miracles happen, and it's not like just a supernatural healing or or raising from the dead. Like ordinary instances, ordinary lives, and with what y'all have, with who you are, and God uses to work a miracle. And I think a wonderful example is this feeding of the 5,000. Because the feeding of the 5,000, you know, you could easily say, um, you know, Jesus, Jesus. So if he upholds the universe by his word and by his power, I mean, he could, he could, you know, give the brothers and sisters some bread and fish on his own. Or, you know, a five-course gourmet dinner. He could do that. What does he do, though? He says, what do you have? What do you got? And this is so easy to miss and so important in terms of the miracle, miracle then and now they found, you know, they found some loaves of bread, five and two fishes. You're like, what do you mean by that? Jesus could do anything. He said, what do you got? And they think, man, we don't have enough. And Jesus said, it's more than enough. And he multiplies it. And I want to ask y'all, what do you got? What do you got? Your gifts, your resources, your talents. Often we fall in the trap of, I ain't got enough. I ain't got enough to be used for a miracle. I ain't got enough to be used for Jesus. Jesus is asking. And you know why he does this way? You know, look, he's God, but he does. It's like, what do you got? And I want to use it. I want to multiply it. And so when you think of your life and your world that way, I mean, miracles can happen all the time. What do you got? I mean, I think it it has been a miracle getting this property and this space. And I think about, you know, what do you got? Well, we were intentional in asking questions. We were intentional in knocking on doors. What do you got? We had a passion. We had a desire to get our church a physical space. What do you got? I got intention, God. I got passion. I'll go there. I'll go through that door. What do you got? I believe miracles happen in worship services. Jesus, asked, what do you got? We got talented musicians. We got talented worship leaders. What do you got? We got loving people. We got people who are willing to serve. What do you got? We got people who will give of their time, of their resources. What do you got, Bellwether? We got people who will reach out. What do you got, Bellwether? We got people who will go on mission. What do you got? And miracles happen in worship services. I stood right over there Christmas Eve and I was holding Logan and Jack and I said, I believe you'll see a miracle here tonight. Hey, look, I believe you'll see a miracle every day if your heart's open to that. Look, I saw a miracle Christmas Eve. Just the miracle of this place full and candles lit. It's like a miracle. And hearts healed and warmed by the Holy Spirit. It's a miracle. And miracles happen by just small acts of kindness. It's a miracle. I remember a, uh, a situation. This was years ago for me, about uh, 15 years or so. And I was working in Washington, D.C. And... Um, like, I was not living the strong Christian life, okay, just put it that way. And so, um, carousing a lot, uh, not a good example for folks, um, not, not in a good place, you're looking back. But, uh, believed in God, believed in God's word, but, you know, took it for granted, and so was partying a lot, and, you know, just not... You know, I mean, you've heard that kind of song and dance. But look, and it's not like to glorify the cool, you know, time, then you change. It's like, it's not, it's not glorified at all. It's bad. But I believed in the power of the gospel. I believe in Christ. And there was an incident where um, a girl who, um, I didn't know very well, but we knew her. And uh, sweet girl. And anyway, she had a member of her family uh, who took their life. And, you know, it really... It, you know, experiencing things like that before, um, you know, it, it really touched me. You know, obviously it touches all of us when something like that happens. And my my roommates and I, we said, we just want to do something for this girl. And so um, we sent flowers, and we just sent a note saying, um, you know, we're praying for you. And we, we signed the card, and that was it. And so it was simple, and again, you know, partying up and all that. And then I saw, not the girl, but one of her friends out. And I remember those words, these words just completely and totally. She said, you know, that, that note was like a miracle. I was like, oh, it's kind of heavy. We, we, didn't want, we didn't ask for a miracle. And, and we weren't trying to be like all godly and everything, but we, we wanted to do something kind. And she said it was just, you know, so powerful that, you know, Y'all did that, and, and probably because they didn't expect it at all from the way we were leading our lives. Probably they didn't say that, but that we were praying for them. And I'll never—he's like that—knows like a miracle. And I say that because you know you may think, man, I'm not Mr. Christian, perfect guy or gal. Um, you know, I don't really do my Bible study like I should. I don't really go to a group. I kind of trickle in and out of church. I may be—you know—I claim CME. Christmas, Easter, Mother's Day, or CEM, whatever you want to call it. But what I'm saying is, small acts of kindness can be miracles to people. Like, you don't know how God's going to use your loaves and fishes. They may be a miracle in somebody's life. You you don't know how God can use you, because he's sovereign, and he's all-powerful. And if we start at that place, then he can do anything with anybody at any time. And he can work through you and he can work in situations and he can and will do miracles in our lives, in our worship services, in our missions, in our relationships, in people. So what do you do? You know, what, what, what do you do? Um, some advice I would have pastorally. It's a different way of living. It's a different way of thinking, but it's very, very simple. Walk by faith, not by sight. Walk by faith, not by sight. Say it again. Walk by faith, not by sight. It, it's a different way of living because you're going through your life saying, I, I'm believing God could do something in me and through me today. I'm believing that even in my circumstances, maybe it's a bad job. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you're in a pit, but you're walking in faith and you believe, man, God can work in me and God can use me and God can use my loaves and my fishes and God can do a miracle in me and I can see a miracle today. Walk by faith, not by sight. When we walk by sight, we fall into the trap. And I know so many Christians or people who proclaim to be Christians that are like, they're like looking for a miracle. They're like, they're like looking to see, and sometimes God just doesn't show up in that. They're, they're the same people back in Jesus' time. In Jesus' time, you know, Jesus had a lot of followers. I mean, 5,000 people were here. One instance in John, 1,000 people left Jesus. So people were coming and leaving all at the same time. Like, they loved coming. They, hey, they got fed, you know. They got fed, and they saw miracles, and it was like cool. But when Jesus called them to tough stuff, like half of them would usually leave. And so they were like walking by sight, not by faith. But when we walk by faith, it is what we talk about a lot here at Bellwether. And if you call this home, you've heard me say it. It's like as you go. The Great Commission, Jesus says go. The Greek meaning is literally as you go. So we're not saying like add a new mission or a new ministry to your life. Look at your life as a mission and ministry for Christ. As you go, you walk by faith. And Jesus brings about miracles. C.S. Lewis said that, I don't know if I get the quote right, but he said, miracles happen all the time in ordinary lives, and they are not known by men or women. What he's saying there, they happen all the time, ordinary lives, and people don't know how they happen or why they happen. And you know what? It's not our gig or deal to, like, figure them out. It's just to trust and to have faith. That God acts and God works miracles in our own loaves and our own fishes. And he'll use our gifts and use our brokenness and bring miracles back. So the question would be, you know, um, do you believe? I mean, do do you really believe in, in miracles? Do you really believe? that God can work miracles. Do you really believe in the providence of God? Do you really believe that you ask and God may not grant us what we ask for, but he's going to work anyway. And he's going to do something. And we'll trust in that and we'll rest in that and we'll have faith in that. And we'll just, you know, watch him expectantly to work. You know, I pray as a congregation like we we just have expectant hearts. We have expectant eyes and we're like the thing with North Park like that shouldn't be like a shocker to us. You're like, man, God's in this church, God's doing something. So it's no big surprise. He we needed a place, he provided a place and a great spot. But that's hard. Because it's like it's hard because do we really believe in the providence of God? Do we really believe He can do more through us than we could ever do for Him? We gotta believe that. We've got to walk by faith and not by sight. And the greatest testimony of that, and the greatest reason why you should believe that, is because the greatest miracles of all happen in the heart of a life and individual. The greatest miracles of all are many of you sitting out there. Because I know your testimony, and I know you say, I was this way, and God changed my heart, which led to a changed life, and now I was like this, and now I'm like this. That's a miracle. That's a real miracle. And they can happen in human, individual lives over and over and over again. If we believe, if we walk by faith and not by sight. Many of you are walking miracles. And many of you know it. Some of you don't. You are. I wish you would believe it. I wish you'd live into it. That God's done a miracle in your life. And God can do another miracle today in your life and through you. Do you believe that? Do you believe him for his greatness? Do you believe him for upholding the universe? Do you believe? And look, all of us have had bad stuff go down in our life. But yet God works. And God can work a miracle regardless. Do we believe it? I beg you, man. I implore you. You can look at witnesses in this church individually, corporately. Look at the property. You look at worship service. You can look at our giving. You can look at our missions. And God has worked miracles. We drop the M word a lot. We drop the M word a lot. You know, last story I'd say just in closing, you know, my, um, my son, Logan, goes to Magnolia Speech School, and, uh, you know, they help with uh, speech, hearing, all, all types of stuff. Um, and, you know, Logan's doing great, uh, and I go there, and I've gotten really acclimated, and, and knowing a lot of people that work there. And, and I see a lot of the kids. And, you know, some of them have very significant problems. Some of them are deaf, you know, mute. And I'll go to the, um, go to the programs, usually the Christmas program, end of the year program. I'll be sitting by somebody. Usually it's a teacher or a parent. It's like, look at that kid, man. Like, they have worked a miracle here. Like, look at that that, that kid's a miracle. Like, he, he could speak now or, or he can hear. Or, you know, they, they, they do things. And they, we throw that M word a lot. Some, some doctors, I've heard them being called miracle workers. There was a movie called Miracle Worker. And we say, that's a miracle. Or we say, I need a miracle. And I'd ask you, like, before we throw that word, you know, do, do, we, do we believe in miracles? And do we believe in miracles that God does? Not human power. Because a lot of times we'll throw the word miracle and we say, he or she did this. Or, or I did this. Wasn't it a miracle? Do we give glory to God? we give glory to God because ultimately miracles advance the gospel of Christ miracles help people and miracles give glory to God and the greatest miracle it may be in your heart or maybe you be seeing another life or another church or another mission or another work or whatever it is and you say I can't explain that or describe that but that gives God the glory that should be a miracle Can't it gives God the glory so I mean as we close the day Whether a miracle's happened in your heart, and I pray that it has. Whether you're a believing person just praying for a miracle in your life. Man, look to God. Give Him the glory. And when it happens, and it will. It may not be the miracle you're asking for, but a miracle will happen. Man, it's it's His glory. It's His deal. It's His gig. It's not about us. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about a person. He is the healing agent. He is the miracle worker. And He can work a miracle in your life pray together heavenly father I, I pray just believing in miracles today because I, I as pastor i know the hurt and the pain uh, and the offense and the and the brokenness and just the need for whether it's finances or a job or a relationship or a desire for, for just for love I mean, i know the stuff that we have in our family i pray for miracles But the miracle I pray for is that our people would believe in miracles. And even though it may not be the miracle that we want, we would see that you work and we would give glory to you. Because it is about you. And the greatest miracle of all is you sending Jesus. And we believe in him. Our hearts can be strangely warmed and our lives made new and whole. Thank you for the miracle that you've done in this church. For the miracles that are the lives of these people. May we walk by faith and not by sight. In Jesus' name, amen.